Hey everybody, today's episode is number 14 of the Under the Cloud podcast. And so what we're doing today is I reached out to a friend of mine who's a pastor of a church here in town. Uh, he and I can go forever talking. This is the kind of guy that, um, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit and you'll know, you'll be able to tell. Uh, but Pastor Kevin Coward of the Living Hope uh, Church here in Derrida, Louisiana. Um, man, I'm just so excited about this uh, episode. I'm so excited about uh, finally getting together with uh, Pastor Kevin and uh, and talking about uh, the goodness of God. So without any further ado, enjoy the episode. You're listening to the Under the Cloud podcast. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this day, this opportunity to come together to talk about your word, to talk about your kingdom, and to do that in a way that edifies you and your your love, your church, your people. Lord, we ask that you keep us on track and that you keep us uh, on tempo. Lord, that you also help us to, to, to say what is right and godly and righteous, not anything. Don't let us get caught up in anything that's ungodly or anything that's just wasting time. Lord, we thank you for all that you do. And for the love you have for us, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, amen. Okay, so today I'm excited, and like I said a minute ago, I'm excited. Um, um, I have finally got Kevin Coward, who's been a friend of mine for eight years or more. I finally got him to sit down and uh, to do an episode, and we've, we've scheduled and had to cancel, and we've scheduled because of his schedule, because of my schedule. We've scheduled this for probably two or three times now. Uh, Pastor Kevin Coward of the uh, Living Hope Church. Yeah. It's non-denominational. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, today's episode is not a denominational one. Obviously, we're non-denominational, but we're doing a topical uh, deal. Uh, what's the address of the church? Uh, 1708 Highway 112. 1708 Highway 112 in Derrida, Louisiana. So if you're in Derrida and you're looking for a church, I uh, highly recommend it. Uh, so how are you doing? Great doing great yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm really excited because this is something we've been trying to do for a while so um so you and i met um i don't know if you remember exactly how we met we met at crossway church mm-hmm. uh and our first time i remember talking to you was at new caney texas in um at a men's retreat that wow. we were having over at the church that that we were like brother or sister church with over there mm-hmm. i don't remember the name of it yeah. Or even the guy's name that pastor yeah. the church, but we had like a men's weekend, and we went over there for a night and two days and one night. Um, and we were sitting there talking, and we realized how much our theology lined up, and we were we were getting excited talking to each other, like oh, I like this guy. And then he told me the most devastating news ever is that you were getting ready to start your own church, and I was like, man, I just met a guy that I can <laughs> I can get with and understand and. 
And uh, but then over the over the years, we've talked on the phone oh, yeah. from time to time, and we've spent time together eating lunch and right. hanging out. And, I, and and every time we did that, it wasn't short. Never. And the, the okay, so the random time we run into each other in, um, uh, it was total random. We ran into each other in Dry Creek mm-hmm. at the store at Foreman's yeah. store, mm-hmm. and that was three hours we sat yeah. out front talking. Yeah. And and so that just gives you an idea. And I told my wife we'd be quick, so we're gonna try to do this in an hour, which is okay. not gonna be easy to That's do. Because um, I try to keep the episodes around an hour, mm-hmm. so. What I wanted to get to today was something that you preach and believe wholeheartedly, mm-hmm. and it's something that we hear in the church all the time. But it's not—it's—it's it's said, it's talked about sm- in a small way. It's not really get—not really dove into in deep detail. So we're going to try to do that as best we can. Mm-hmm. You'll hear it said a lot that, well, that's Old Testament, or that's the Old Covenant. Old Covenant, and the but that's is that for now is that for then so if you can explain you just pointed at me when mm-hmm. i said covenant so explain yeah. that yeah. start lay that out for the people in the mm-hmm. church that don't maybe understand that okay so if you look at your bible the way it's laid out and canonized you have the <laughs> old testament genesis to malachi yeah then you have the new testament matthew to revelation yeah a lot of times people get the Old Covenant and the Old Testament, they think it's the same thing, which is not the same thing. The New Testament and the New Covenant, uh, it can be considered the same thing, but, but there are, if you look at the Old Testament, you have several different covenants yeah. in the Old Testament. So you have five covenants. In the Old Testament? In five the, covenants? Yeah, well, it, well, the whole Bible you have five covenants and a lot of people are dis- dispensational they look at the bible of dispensations instead of covenants yeah and that's something that maybe we could talk about another time <laughs> they get pretty deep yeah but you know if you look at um the, there was a covenant with noah okay there was a covenant with uh abraham okay then then that was the abrahamic covenant then you have the um covenant with moses or David, no Moses, then David, and then the last covenant was the covenant with uh, the new covenant, which Jesus Christ came in and fulfilled the old covenant, completely did away with. That's what I want people to understand. So look, let's go back to your question. If you look at um, the New Testament, when Jesus was walking and talking, watch this, the old covenant was in, in effect. The David Covenant? No, 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 no. The Mosaic Covenant. Mosaic Covenant. David Covenant, the Davidic Covenant was fulfilled in Jesus, and the Abrahamic Covenant was fulfilled in Jesus. Okay. Yeah, and I, I can go into that, but that will take us a different direction. I yeah. don't want to do that right now. But while Jesus was walking and talking and healing the sick and, 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 and doing everything that he was doing, he was friends of sinners, uh, he rebuked the Pharisees. Yeah. When he was speaking, he was, there was still a law that was in effect, an old covenant mosaic law that was in effect. And uh, people think a lot of times that when Jesus spoke in, in Matthew, and this is what I've been preaching on the last few weeks, that he was talking to us. And we get confused a lot of times because the old covenant if you go into second corinthians the third chapter it calls the old covenant 
the administration of death. Yeah. Yeah, we know what comes with that. Bondage, burden, condemnation, guilt, shame. This is get up out of my chair. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people are still living under that mindset that yeah. of works. So works, effort, uh, 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 struggle, uh, trying to please God, trying to negotiate with God, trying to bargain with God. If I do this, then you'll give me favor. If I'll do this good work, then you'll bless me. We are yeah. messed up because we have misrepresented the gospel and combined two covenants that brings a toxic message to the church and brings them under condemnation and confusion. So this, this the, uh, I don't, I don't want to say theology because I don't want to. That's okay. It, it, I, I mean, it may be what it is. Doctrine, theology. Th this concept, this doctrine. Yeah, yeah, way of thinking. Uh, is not foreign, was not foreign to me. However, you still, I grew up in Church of God. Mm-hmm. Um, the Church of God still believe there's a New Testament church. It says it's a New Testament church. We believe in Christ, Christ crucified, and and yet there's still a lot of that holding to things. But which is you know which is always funny because it's a pick and choose. They pick and choose which ones to hold to. For example, mm -hmm. um, they will eat bacon all day long, which mm -hmm. is fine. Go mm -hmm. ahead. There's nothing you know. Acts ten told us we can do that, mm -hmm. but the but you have to pay your tithes, because, you know, mm -hmm. religiously. You mm -hmm. have to do all these things religiously in such a way that puts you in back into that mosaic law. Right. Now, so basically, when you're saying mosaic law, you're talking about the Levitical law. Levitical law. All the things and the steps that you had to do. If mm -hmm. a woman went in her cycle, there was a step you had mm -hmm. to do. If you accidentally touched a dead person, there was something you right. had to do to wash yourself. And most yourself. people do not pay attention to that. Yeah, they don't. They don't. They leave that part alone. Sure. But yet, sure. and which it, which is is it correct to leave that part alone? Because that's the Old Testament or well, the Old Covenant. It is the old, old Covenant. Not to ignore it, but but at the same time, well, no, no. What what the Old Testament did? You had the Law and the Prophets. You had the Torah. Yeah. Every bit of that was pointing to Jesus Christ. Yeah. The law was a shadow of good things to come, but not the very image of those things. Yeah. Jesus was the image that fulfilled the lamb, the bullock, that fulfilled the, the, the door. He's the bread of life. All of these symbolisms and hyperbolic languages come in, and it explains who Jesus was. They were, it was a, 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 um, an allegory. Yeah. Uh, that back during the... Old Testament, which you have four thousand year language barrier. Yeah. From our English Grecian understanding today, we we go back and it's like, my God, what in the world is he talking about? Yeah. What's Isaiah and Jeremiah and all the minor major prophets, the uh, prophets talking about? Because they, when when you look at what they said, they spoke in pictures. Yeah. It was almost like poetry. Yeah. And that they understood that. Today, us in our Grecian Alexandrian way of processing, it's hard for us to go in there and understand what they were talking about. That's why it's so important to study instead of just going in there with a basic English understanding and read the Bible and say, oh, I know what that means. Yeah. There's, I couldn't tell you how many times that I was off and, di and didn't interpret it right because I tried to interpret it through my basic English understanding, and you cannot do that. So you have the old 
covenant. Old covenant. Okay. <laughs> okay. All the well, the, the, the old covenant was the Mosaic Levitical yeah. covenant. It was the Mosaic economy. It was built around the temple. You had the dietary rules and regulations. Yes. You had the feast, all the feast. You had um, uh, the Ten Commandments. And here's the big one right here. <laughs> I've said it before in church, and people got up and walked out. I'm like, good Lord, what have I done? But you have to, what this does, it stretches people's theology because you got people still thinking that we're living by the Ten Commandments. Yeah. That was nailed to the cross. Why? Because it was contrary to us. We can, look, I know me and you both, we tried living under the law. And when I say law, it's a religious order. Uh, we were never under the law. The Mosaic law was never a part of us, but yeah. we... Because uh, we were born 2,000 years right, later. Yeah. Right, after it was nailed to the cross yeah. and done away with in 70 AD. So what happened, we adopted that way of thinking through Judeo-Christianity. We've yeah. adopted, and what we did, we took portions out of that Old Testament, out of the Mosaic, out of Leviticus, out of Deuteronomy, yeah. and we have a conglomerate of religion. When that has been done away with, if you go into Hebrews 8, Hebrews 10, it'll tell you. Uh, Ephesians, you go into Colossians 2, and it tells you that, that it's done away with. It's obsolete. It was fading away during that time, in that first generation. And now, when you tell somebody, we don't abide by the Ten Commandments, they look at you like, yeah, like, you're, like, like you're preaching a false doctrine. Yeah. I'm like, well, then let's talk about just one of the Ten Commandments. And that's to keep the Sabbath holy. Yeah. We don't do that. No. No. Why? Because what was that Sabbath pointing at? Yeah. It was pointing to Jesus Christ because he's the Lord of Sabbath. What were they doing on the Sabbath day? They were resting, right? Who need to come to rest? R remember this scripture where it says, Come unto me, all you that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. rest. Yeah. Who's he talking to? He was talking to those that were under works. Yeah. So when you start seeing the picture that he was calling them out of a covenant of works and labor into a covenant, into of, a rest. covenant of rest. So let me ask you this. Okay, I'm fired okay. up, man. Yeah, I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'm, uh, anyway, um, so we're, when you say the Ten Commandments were, you know, when you're talking about, hey, we're not there. Okay, and I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Jesus said, which is the, when they said, which is the greatest commandment, he said, love your Lord God with all your heart, mind, body, and spirit, and then love your neighbors, you love yourself. And in that, you will fulfill the Ten Commandments, which is true, because well, if you really love God, you will not have any other gods before you. If you really love God, sure. you won't take his name in vain. If you really sure. love God, you won't, and you love your neighbor, you won't commit adultery, you won't commit murder, you won't lie right. to people. And so, so that makes sense. So when, But then... Where they'll challenge you is when you say those words. So right. realistically, let's, let's kind of jump up for a little bit to yeah. explain because I think we might have got it out of order a little bit. the The only way to go to heaven is through Jesus, and mm -hmm. it's through His death on sure. the cross. Sure. And it's because of what He did on the cross and the finished works that He did right. on the cross Amen. that we have access to heaven. Amen. It has nothing to do with the Levitical law. It's that He. And, and I, I try to explain it. it. I try to explain this to people all the time or say this, and I probably say it the wrong way, and it really messes people up. 
Jesus, Jesus was perfect, and in his perfection, mm -hmm. he died. Right. And in his death, because the Bible says God you know, turned his back on him, God forsook Jesus mm -hmm. so that later he wouldn't have to forsake us in our sin. Mm -hmm. he, yeah. he forsook Jesus in his perfection so he doesn't have to forsake us in our sin. Right? Yeah. So if we accept his perfection, we accept his forsaking in his perfection, yeah. then because of that we get access to heaven. That is, that is salvation. It is not the law. That's right, the law. But we still hold to the law well, because it's traditional. Right, and here's what happens. What he was quoting, he's quoting out of Psalms when he said, uh, my, fa my father, uh, why have you forsaken me? Yeah. But you need to go back and read the whole thing. Yeah. He's quoting out of Psalms, but but we can't go there right yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> um, you you said several different things, and I and I was going to comment. Um, I'm trying to get my thought back. Uh, the the question you're talking about salvation, but see now when you start talking about salvation, uh, under the law, they they were um, born into uh, as a, a Jew, as yeah. an Israelite, circumcised on the eighth day. Okay, and then when you go to talking about uh, salvation um, Abraham was justified by, his by faith by faith okay and then when you get into Romans 4 and what I'd like to do just here in just a little bit to, to throw this in there is talk about sin yeah sin because uh, the Bible says that we're not justified by the works of the law in other words you're not yeah. justified what, by your merits what let's let's say what let's define justification real fast because justification it means to be in right standing with god period in right standing with god so there is nothing that you can do your best is not good enough your effort your work your labor your keeping of whatever you think you need to keep to get right with God. And here, this is a huge problem in our churches today is because people think because they did good works, then it merits God's righteousness. Yeah. See, this is the problem that Israel had in Romans 10. He said they went about to establish their own righteousness, yet they were ignorant of the righteousness of God, trying to establish their own righteousness. People do the same thing today. They're trying to get merit good right the righteousness of god by their good works yeah or not doing bad things and and i'm gonna tell you something if we could do that then christ is dead in vain just like the scripture says that's right and so we have to establish that first that 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 um that you cannot no that doesn't mean now here's what people say uh, uh so you're not you're saying that we don't have to do good works no good works will follow that yeah good works comes forth from righteousness it is not there for to try to gain righteousness does that yeah. make sense yeah yeah so it's the faith by works is dead argument yeah. that you hear all the time yeah now here yeah there's a huge argument there and, and all that's saying is in the book of james is it, i'm going to show you my works by my faith and then, then he goes on and says this don't say to your brother be warm and not give him a coat or be thou filled and not give him something to eat he said, if you're going to have faith, then there should be something that should line up with that faith. And yeah. that's the result of faith is the works. So that goes back to Romans 9 and 10, where you hear this said all the time, that confess your mouth as Jesus is Lord and believe 10. in God raised him from the dead. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, 10, 9. Mm -hmm. uh, the, mm -hmm. I always get 9, 10. I always do that. The, 
confessing that Jesus is Lord is not what gives you the salvation. It's the salvation that makes you confess that Jesus I, is Lord. I believe that wholeheartedly. So because if somebody can't talk, yeah. then they don't get to go to heaven because they can't yeah. confess Jesus is Lord. And then at the same time, yeah. it's just, to me that to me I see that exactly the same. Your faith produces works. Your salvation mm -hmm. produces confession mm -hmm. of Jesus being your Lord. Well, in the book of Acts, when they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, they glorified God and prophesied. Yeah. What does that mean? They just started saying good things about God. Yeah. It's an automatic thing out of the abundance of the heart, the yeah, mouth yeah, speaks. Yeah, yeah. So if yeah, it's in your cool. heart, baby, it's coming out. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. You can't stop it. Yeah. That's the spirit of God that's in you, and it should flow out and impact people's lives. I want to go back. Just uh, you, you quoted a scripture under the Old Covenant about uh, your neighbor. But yeah. let's bring it down into the book of John. Jesus said, I'm going to give you a new commandment. And check this out. This is so powerful to me. He said, "Love one." He said, "Believe on him that sent me." Okay, and love one another as I have loved you. Yeah, that is the new covenant commandment. And you said it just earlier. If we love God, people as He loved us, or loves us, then we will fulfill. And 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 really, Jesus Christ already fulfilled the law. We don't have to fulfill the law. Yeah. But but like you said earlier, you're not going to rob your brother. You're not going to commit adultery on, on someone. You're not going to do these things. And if someone does do these things, they have stepped out of their identity or they don't know our, their identity. And I'm going to talk about this just for a second, that when you understand how good God is, period, I'm going to tell you something. And, I, and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll explain that. Do you, did you realize that in the new covenant, you're in a covenant of mercy? Oh, yeah. Continual mercy. Listen to this. You are in a covenant of continual forgiveness, past, present, and future. You're in a covenant to where your sins are not recorded. They are not written down. It isn't one, two, three strikes and you're out. It isn't tally up four, five. God does not even tally them up. Listen, this, this is what... This is big. This is a controversial issue. People don't understand this because preachers, God bless them with all due respect, they feel like they got to go in there and straighten out the church by preaching against sin. Let's go to we go to Romans 4 where David said, "Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute sin and whose iniquities are covered." Go into Hebrews 8 to where he says, "And your sins and your iniquities I will remember no more." Yeah. Same thing in Hebrews 10. It's a new covenant set up on better promises, not like the one that Moses had that he got from Mount Sinai where yeah. everybody was scared and quaking. He said, we're going to give you a better covenant that's going to last forever. And it's here. It is now. The kingdom is here. The kingdom is now. And that's another thing. People don't understand the kingdom. They're still waiting on a kingdom. Yeah. And I'm like, my God, the kingdom is here. It's not meat and <laughs> we drink. We talked about that on Facebook. It's yeah. not meat and drink. What does that even mean, meat and drink? It's not talking about food. It's talking about ceremonialism, meat offerings, drink offerings, under the law of Moses, under the Levitical order. But it's righteousness, righteousness that is imputed and not earned, peace that you have with God. The Bible calls it the gospel of peace. So you have the peace because why? 
because I'm finally in tune with God. I don't have to worry. I don't have to look over my shoulder. I don't have to wonder if God's here. I'm not on that roller coaster of condemnation, you know, and back and forth and up and down. And one day I feel good, and me and God's got it going. The next day I messed up, so God's against me. He's supposed yeah. to kick me through the curve. That doesn't happen anymore when you understand who he is and when you understand how to lo look, love one another as I have loved you. How, how much does he love me? He loves me because he doesn't impute sin. He doesn't hold it against me. He's there for me even on my worst day. Yeah. This is what you call radical grace. This is what you call hyper grace. And people are like, well, no, it's greasy. I'm not, don't you call my grace greasy? I'm telling you because it's, it has nothing to do with greasy grace. Listen to this scripture. It says where sin abounds, what is it? Grace does much more abound. Where did sin abound? Sin yeah. abounded in the old covenant. Yeah. Where does grace abound? In the new covenant. There's a contrast. Yeah. We're, we're, a lot of times what we've done, and I've done it my own self, is gone in there and mixed two covenants, like I said earlier, and we've thrown it out on people, and we've made people feel guilty. We put them back in their shame, and we're not telling people, hey, your sins are not imputed to you. When yeah. people start understanding, I had a horrible day, and I messed up, and I'm sad, and I'm brokenhearted because I messed up, and, and they see that God did not charge them with that sin, yeah. you know what they do? They don't run to sin. They run to Heavenly Father with his, eyes, his, his arms wide open, taking them in, saying, I love you, and I'm not going to charge you with this. Now, that's how this grace works. So it's kind of like we're on the individual level but it kind of fits with the whole you know he leaves the 99 and goes to the one right mm -hmm. so the, in, in, the, in in explaining it in my mind mm -hmm. if no matter what you do the prodigal son no matter what you do as long as you put your heart and your 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 now, now, now he like Paul also said, you know, should I sin so grace may abound? May it never he be. Should, yeah, yeah don't right. do it just because you know. Then don't do it just because you can get away with it, and because God will love you no matter what. But, but, but I'm going to say something. I'm, excuse me for interrupting ahead, you. That's what they were accusing him of saying. They, they didn't get saying, away with anything he wants. Then that's what they accuse us of yeah. saying. Well, you can just go out there and sin. And, oh, you're talking and, about the greasy grace people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah they, they say, man, your message, then you can just go out there and sin. They, Paul, he went through the same thing and had to clarify himself and say, I am not saying that, that you can abound, I mean that you continue in sin, that grace may abound. Yeah. Because he said, God forbid. He said, he said I'm not saying that. But here's what people don't understand. When you do get a hold of this grace and of how good it is, listen to this scripture. Grace teaches us to deny ungodliness. Yeah. You want to go back to law? You want to go back to religion? Watch this. The law is the strength to sin. It is the life yes. support that arouses sin. Go into Romans 7. Paul said, man, the things I do is what I hate. He said, oh, wretched man that I am, who can deliver me from the body of this death? He said, I'm miserable. I'm condemned. He was under the law saying that. Yeah. And we got people today that's under religion and they're crying their eyes out and preachers are beating them over the head and they're running to the house and they're sitting down and they still love God just as much as me and you. Yeah. Because they've been because God's been misrepresented. Yeah. And then so <laughs> Does that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's to me I get, I give it just saying it's just yeah. what what I what I wonder though is 
Okay, so we, we kind of went back and explaining. Yeah. And so in order to explain, you know, or in my mind anyway, to make it clear to me, if grace, hyper grace, that's like that. It is you got me kind of mad. <laughs> yeah, it's hyper grace yeah. and it's radical grace. And a lot of people can't handle how radical it is because I don't care how bad your day is. Yeah. God says, I'm not recording it. Now, think about that. Have we both had bad days? Oh, absolutely. Not just me and you, brother. Everybody. And a lot of people are wearing some major condemnation on them. And they're like, God, I've seen people before that changes their whole life when they're under condemnation. Now, watch this. And I've seen them when they come out from under that condemnation because they understand the gospel, which is the good news. And here's the gospel. Here's what God thinks about you, and here's what he wants you to think about him. Good. He said he, he wants you to know that he loves you continually. He's not against you. He's for you. He's not mad at you. He's not angry with you. He's there. Look, on the, the worst thing that you could do, he's still there. He, his love pursues you. Yeah. And, and when you tell people this, you know what they do? They perk up. And they're like, my God, this is good stuff. Man, I'm... I'm hungry for this. And you know what? Oh, I feel the Spirit of God on me right now. I'm telling you, they perk up and they start walking who they know they are. Listen to this. When you know that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, when you know that your sin is not imputed, when you know that God loves you unconditionally, what does that do to you? What is it doing to us right now? It's making me want to jump over this couch (laughs) because I feel so good about how much love he has for us. It's an abundant, more abundant grace. That's where you get the word hyper. It comes out of the Greek. And it's it's like God says, I'm going to love you. I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to do everything I can do to make you know that I have my arms wide open. I'm not a master. You're not a servant. I'm a father. You're a son. Yeah. And when we start yeah. seeing ourselves for that, I'm telling you, I've watched people come in here beating up on themselves. Like, no, you're out of your identity. Let me explain to you who you are to God. And we start telling you about the sonship and what Jesus did and how he did the work for us. And he handed over. The Bible says we're made more than conquerors. He conquered. We're not in a fight. We're not in a war. He said, I want you to rest. I've already done it. That's why we call it a finished work. Yeah. And when we understand that, we say, oh, my God, and then I can rest. I can be in his peace. I've got all the attributes, all the characteristics that, that Jesus has for, that in him. He's been deposited in me because now I'm the house for, this, for the spirit of God. And everything that he is about, I have. And what we have to do instead of crying and praying for things, we need to wake up and see what we have, what's in that identity. Who, yeah. who we are and when we start realizing who we are I watch it all the time people perk up and say this is the best thing, best thing I could have ever heard my life has so much victory freedom and liberty I'm happier than I've ever been I'm like that's the gospel the gospel at work so the word mercy there used to be a song um, old, old you know church song and and it says when 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 justice called and mercy answered, you know, like yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. I can't even say it. I have to sing it. Yeah. Uh, justice is being punished for what you did, right? Mm-hmm. Mercy is when you are given a get out of jail free card, even though you did something. Yeah, and then grace is when you get something that you oh. never deserved to begin with. Right. 
right? Right. So the question that the word grace gets thrown around a lot, you know, in church, and it's and and not that it's a bad word, but what I what I one thing that I've been trying to explain to people over the years is that the grace is the gift, right? So mm-hmm. if you at Christmas when you look under the tree, there's a bunch of grace under there, right? There's a bunch of gifts mm-hmm. under there, but when you open up the gift. When you open up the box and you take the paper and you pull the little stuff and the stuff out of it, inside of the box is what the gift is, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So when when we get saved, when Jesus comes in and mm-hmm. the, the, all by that faith. stuff, by, by f- faith. yeah, by yeah. faith, what the biggest and the most important thing that we get is mercy. That is the that is the gift because now everything that you deserve to have Mm -hmm. eternal damnation Mm -hmm. is gone because when you say and and i know that's kind of weird because we're saved by faith absolutely grace is grace grace abounds it's the gift but what is the gift the gift is mercy that means that i don't have to go to hell now the gift is righteousness yes and which gives us the which yeah that's yeah Yeah. it is it's righteousness. It's his righteousness. Amen. That Amen. is that's not our righteousness. Yeah, it goes right. back to the whole the the covenant situation where we we there's I don't want to be that way. I'm, uh, this is not what this is about. But there's a giant denomination in the United, in the world hmm. that is a merit based oh, system. A lot of them it are. is it yeah. is. If you do this, you do so many of these. If you do this, you do so many right. of these. Oh yeah. And yeah. and it will and it will equal it out. But when to one of the most important things that after I got in back in the church about twelve years ago, I, I gave my life back to God and He He just changed me, He moved me, He filled me with the Spirit, He called me to preach. And I'd been preaching for a little bit when I really, really, really got the idea. I remember it too. It was one of the greatest things. I really understood the concept behind He did it. Mm-hmm. It's finished. Finished work. It's That's a and, and but we have we have let's let's expand on that for a little bit. Mm-hmm. The finished work of Christ. It's not what we do. It's mm-hmm. what He did. And now mm-hmm. that that is done, mm-hmm. why do we uh, why do we go back? What so it's I, it's well obviously the church teaches that a little mm-hmm. bit. Some mm-hmm. some people in the church teach that. Some people can't let go of it. Why can't you? You've been doing this long enough that you've mm-hmm. probably studied. Why can't people let go of it? Yeah, and, and I'll tell you what happened to me. It's kind of a little testimony. Um, when I I was in a legalistic church, okay, with all due respect, I always say that because yeah. I love these people. They love God like we do. They just were under a major amount of legalism. I was too. I was a terrorist. You preached it. Preached it. I preached it. I preached uh, in a legalistic church for years. And um, when I first started understanding justification, I'm like, that has nothing that that has nothing to do with us. So you're, it's all about faith. It's all about grace. It's all about God gives us the gift. It's like me giving you a gift and saying, here, I want you to have this gift, brother. And then you turn around and say, well, here, let me pay you for it. I'm yes, like, no, that's no, no, it. no, 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 that's no not because what the Bible says the righteousness is the gift of God. The gift that says it in several places. And uh, I'm like, no, 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 I want you to have this gift, man. This is something that I want to do from my heart. I want to give you this. And he said, well, man, let me do something. I'll wash your vehicle. I'm like, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, let exactly. Me, I want you to have this. And after a while, you're like, well, here, let me, let me do this for you. Or I'll clean up your office. Or I'm going to try to pay you somehow. 
And then after a while, I'm like, you know, you're, you're starting to hurt my feelings, man. Yeah. Think about the same thing with God. Yeah. God said, here's this Keep gift of righteousness. Here it is, this gift of righteousness. All you have to do is receive it. How do I receive it? I say, okay, thank you. <laughs> That's all I have to do is say, thank you. Now I'm righteous. How? By the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm justified by faith. I received this grace into my life. This is who I am. So now, once I've received that, then then what we have to realize is what's in this package? Yeah. See, you were an heir. You're an heir. We got people today that place faith in Jesus Christ. They don't realize they're heirs. What is an heir? To an inheritance. Yeah. So you have to have the death of the a death the death of a testator for a testament to be of force. What is a testament? It's a will. It's an inheritance. It's signed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And it's given to us. What is in that inheritance? Abundant life. What's in the package of the abundant life? Peace, joy, uh, goodness, the fruit of the Spirit, uh, uh, favor, everything you need from God is in that abundant life. We got people crying and begging at the altar still. I'm like, uh-uh, not in this church. You're not, you can come, if you feel bad, we're gonna pray with you, but you're not coming up here service after service after service, crying and begging God, and I've seen that happen, and people do that, and we used to do that, and like, boy, we had good church tonight, and everybody walks out with puffy eyes because they cry because they're under condemnation and guilt. No, this but is not under the guilt that God puts on them, but well, the guilt God that they put, put on put themselves. Guilt. Well, I'm just yeah. saying, it's not like God saying, it's not like the Holy Ghost is and I, uh, dealing I, with your heart, right? I can't remember who it was. I heard this guy preaching one time. He's a Word of Faith guy, but he was preaching about how the Holy Ghost is not a um, what's the word I'm looking for? He doesn't put conviction on you. He doesn't. And and when I was I was I was in Ritter when this happened, and I'm listening on my phone, and I'm and I had to stop what I was doing, and I had to like like stop from saying listen to what he's saying. What he's saying was that that the the condemnation that comes on us comes from us because we know what we're supposed to be doing. We know what we're you know. And and in his in his mm-hmm. thought process was that our spirit man knows what's right and what's wrong when mm-hmm. we're not doing it it just nudges us and says hey this ain't the right thing to be doing mm-hmm. but then we take that as like, oh god's telling me or god's you know uh condemning me and no it's you it's you you know what's right, right and what's right, wrong you you right. know what you're supposed to be doing and, so. and here's what god man i'm gonna tell you something maybe we can have a second session <laughs> on the sin consciousness yeah on the sin consciousness and i believe it's hebrews 10 we need to talk about that because people carry around a sin consciousness. Now, I'm going to tell you that the Bible says that the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit convicts the world but does not convict convict the church. Yeah. Now, watch this. The Holy Spirit convinces you and brings you back to who you are in God. It brings you back to the new creation, the new man, your new identity. A lot of times we feel like it's condom or conviction, but it's actually condemnation. And he says that there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. So you shouldn't have any of that. And when you do fail, you know inside it's an automatic response. Oh, God, I could have done better. I'm sorry. Right? Yeah. 
God doesn't want you to roll around in that. He said, come back to who you are. You've stepped out of your identity. This is who you are. I didn't write it down. Remember, I didn't yeah. impute it. And this is where people get crossed up a lot of times. And you know what's wrong? You know why people are under massive burdens? is because they have a huge, massive sin consciousness. And if I can just say this just for a second, the Old Covenant, their sins were rolled forward every year, right? Yeah. Through the annual uh, sacrifice by the high priest. For a memorial, for a remembrance, you got people living in a new covenant that's still dealing with an Old Covenant mindset. Their sins are ever before them. We're trying to convince people that your sins have been done away with completely by the blood and the death of Jesus Christ. And when we get people convinced there, watch their life. They're not carrying around weight. They're not carrying around heaviness. They're not carrying around burden. And they get up and they start living uh, uh, the life of who they are. They realize, hey, I am a child of God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And watch their life take off. And after a while, they're testifying. They're happy. They're praising God. They're not coming in all burdened down. That's the, that's the abundant life. When people start realizing, hey, this is the finished work. The, let's go back to that. The finished work. Jesus Christ finished the work. He doesn't want me to fight. He doesn't want me to get in the ring with anything. He doesn't want me to try to overcome the devil because he's already been defeated. This is grace. This is hyper yeah. grace. He doesn't want me to get these lists of rules and regulations and try to get them all worked out. He says, all I want you to do is rest and allow the Spirit of God to just work through your life, to talk to you. It's now a relationship. It is not a bunch of rules. And once people start seeing that, that that right there they perk up and they start walking the righteousness of god of who they are so the yeah I, I, mm-hmm. absolutely knowing who you are knowing mm-hmm. where you stand in his eyes in his eyes then make should make you happy <laughs> and i so, told the church this the other day and i didn't realize i was on facebook i said hey let people know i preach a feel-good message okay that, that and I, I know i'll be i'll put a target on my back for yeah. saying that i know that but listen to this if the gospel does not make you feel good you're not hearing the gospel. Why? Because it's the good news of what Jesus Christ did for us. Yeah. And when we understand that, shouldn't that make us happy? Yeah. Should not that make shouldn't it make us feel good? If it doesn't, then we're not hearing the right gospel. If we get to church and we leave worse off than when we came, yeah, you done something's wrong. Yeah. We are misrepresenting who God is. We are misrepresenting what the cross did. We're misrepresenting the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Listen to this scripture. He says that God reconciled the whole world to himself and gave us the word of reconciliation. We have the ministry of reconciliation. What is that? And then he said, I beg you to be reconciled back to God. God did his part. The blood of Jesus didn't just cleanse, listen to this, just the church cleansed the whole world. It said, now you come back. And it's time to have a revel. I mean, a, a a relationship with God through what that blood accomplished. So that's you, big stuff. Yeah, you you said earlier, and we got about twenty minutes. So uh, <laughs> we're doing great. I'm surprised. I looked down. And I'm like, hey, we're only forty minutes into this. I figured we'd already be an hour and a half. But but uh, so you had in the temple, right? So mm-hmm. there was there was the tent. Uh, 
that was in the old te- or in the uh, Abraham uh, Abraham Moses. They made the tent. Mm-hmm. Uh, David wanted to build a temple. They said God said no, but he let Solomon build the temple. Solomon built the temple. You can read about that in Kings. It oh, is yeah. fantastic. It's just imagining what the temple looked like. They have through through all the scripture th- and then also through archives that they have. Of, of writings they have representations of what you know drawings of what it looked like and of course now they have color and all that mm-hmm. stuff so you can see what's inside that temp, uh, the temple looked like mm-hmm. okay so real quick I'm, I'm trying to make oh, this good. point you had a temple was a building you had mm-hmm. the porches on that side of portico mm-hmm. and then on the inside you had you, anybody could go on the porches anybody could go inside the temple inside the actual building you didn't have to be a Jew you didn't have to be a anything you any you didn't have to be a priest anybody could go inside the building now to get into the holy place mm-hmm. it it was a very restricted access you had to be someone inside of the levitical setup and such as that but to get inside the holy of holy places mm-hmm. which is where the ark of the covenant sat mm-hmm. it was one man mm-hmm. once a year mm-hmm. it was a four inch thick curtain mm-hmm. that went mm-hmm. i forget how tall it was it was huge mm-hmm. right and it's important to understand that in the Old Testament they had to, and I'm, you know all this, I'm explaining it. Okay. So in the Old Testament, when they have any sin, if you go through Leviticus and you read read about it, it's why I love not to. I don't want new Christians reading Leviticus right off the bat. I want them to know who Jesus is first, because then once you know who Jesus is and you start reading Leviticus, you're like, thank you, I don't have to do that. Thank you. <laughs> and. Uh, and so if, if they would uh, have a sin, they'd sacrifice a bull, sacrifice whatever, they would actually a lot of times bring it, and then all of that would be written down, and this priest would have to go into the Holy of Holies once a year on the Day of Atonement, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he would have to go in, and he had to be perfect to go in, right? They, they had so many sacrifices, but then there was this fear that he wouldn't be uh, good enough, so they'd tie a rope around his leg, in case he fell down when he walked in, they could pull him out from under the curtain right. because they couldn't go in there. Right. Only the high priest could. Mm-hmm. So the reason mm-hmm. that I say all of that mm-hmm. is to say this. When the when Jesus' death, mm-hmm. the Bible is very clear. You had the earthquake mm-hmm. and the veil rips. The veil that separated mm-hmm. the Holy of Holies from the holy place, from the inside of the temple, from the porch, mm-hmm. portico, that veil, four inch thick, ripped, mm-hmm. and the Bible says it ripped from top to bottom, top to bottom. signifying. And I got a play that I wrote years ago called mm-hmm. "The Veil," mm-hmm. about a little boy who was there watched the veil rip. Anyway, mm-hmm. I need to put that together. You told me about yeah. that. Yeah, and uh, so the point being that no one could go into that space except for one person once a year. Mm-hmm. But when Jesus died, when He said it is finished and gave up the ghost, and He was done. When his when they flatlined on that cross and it was over, he's dead. Mm-hmm. Instantaneously, our access to God changed, Amen. and it went from one man once a year to all men all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Anybody? I mean, immediately when that bell, the Bible. I mean, the Bible was very clear. It ripped from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. So I mean, somebody saw it rip. Right. But anyway, oh, it's broke down. Yeah. And so, who think about the first person? Think about the first person that that had enough courage to walk inside mm-hmm. through the split veil. Mm-hmm. When they know good and well that if the high priest walks in there in unclean, that he'll die 
and the first person had to walk through that veil and when they did they didn't die you know think about think about mm-hmm. the, the reason is is yeah, we're under yeah. a new new covenant yeah, now it's a yeah, new yeah. set of we all have a new high priest amen yeah and we're all in a royal priesthood you know, what, yeah what's which this? is great because it's mixing the royalty uh-huh. and the priesthood together uh-huh. which was not something because the royalty came out of judah and the priesthood came out of levi uh-huh. and we're a royal priesthood it actually bonds us all together we're all we're all back to amen the same. amen and and that high priest um uh is making intercession now look people think well he's praying no, he's he's not praying for us. His blood intercedes. Yeah, his blood intercedes. The Bible says it's a greater blood than Abel's. Why would it even say? Why would the Bible say a greater blood than Abel's? I'll tell you why. Because Abel's blood cried out for vengeance. Yeah, the blood of Jesus Christ cries out for mercy. <laughs> Is that powerful? Yeah. Yeah. So so we have to realize. And here's what. I believe that this is catching on really good. People are coming to it. Look, people will fight it. It'll make them mad. You know why? Because people, they love their works. They love their their uh, their effort. I mean, when I first, I was telling this earlier, we kind of got off track, but when I found out that my prayer, look, me praying all those hours, me reading all those chapters, that I was doing to try to get God on my side and to have yeah. favor and first one here in the prayer room, the last one to leave, uh, uh, doing my good duties and all this was adding up and he's good. He, oh, he loves me right now, boy, because I'm really doing good. I'm stacking up some stuff. That's the way I thought. And a lot of people still think that way. And when I found out that that had, has nothing to do with the righteousness of God, that it was given by faith and not by works, what does faith mean? Well, I'm placing my faith in the one that did fulfill the law. I'm putting my faith in what Jesus Christ did. And when I did that, God says you're righteous. And all of my works didn't amount to nothing in God's eyes. Sat me down. Knocked the wind out of me. I'm like, good Lord, you don't know how hard I've worked for this. Yeah. All of these years? And all I had to do is like look at and you it, and it give it to me? I was almost offended if I could just be yeah. straight up truth. Well, you put all that work into it. I'm you like, spent and it years and years and, and years it, praying yeah. for what? And the prayers were good. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, and the but, study is great. God but, uses that. Yeah. Sure, but but that didn't mean nothing. No. That didn't. I couldn't negotiate with God and, and him say, just because you read. Uh, one more chapter today and you pray that extra hour then then you're really going to get a blessing no it took all that away from me and i said you know what but after i realized hey this is easier than what i thought that that god's given me this as a gift and i don't have to work for it oh then my head started spinning i'm like man i gotta tell the world yeah so yeah i got in and started preaching some stuff to yeah. people and showing them, hey, the, the justification was a real big thing to me back during that day because I really understood it. And I understood Paul's writings because I was in legalism for so long and I worked so hard. And then I would read Paul where he started talking about the gift and the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness and the love and how you didn't have to uh, 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 work and then Galatians came alive to me and even a small frame of 
persecution from people that I used to bump elbows with yeah. started calling me false and 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 the Heresy. devil yeah. and started calling the here comes the names and I'm like good lord yeah. and then when I meet them in town they d- discredited me mm-hmm. because I'm not even oh, I've saved. I've heard a lot any. of bad things about you. Yeah, too. yeah, and I can, I can believe I, I that. Believe it, it's true. Isn't oh, it? I believe that. that. Don't tell me that you hurt my feelings. No, I'm joking with you. I'm joking with you. But see, but well, that's the, good though. You know, the, the <laughs> things that are people are saying, and it, and used to that used to really bother me because people they don't know my heart. No, and they they don't understand that I've tapped into something that is glorious. Listen, to this remember the covenant, the glory of the first covenant. There was a glory there. That's, there was a there's a glory in religion because people come up, but you know what it does? It breeds self righteousness. I was self righteous at one time. I was self righteous because I thought that I gained my righteousness through my effort yeah. and works. And what it does, it makes you almost haughty and arrogant. Uh-huh. And and you can get around somebody yeah. that thinks they're way holier than you because they've done this and you haven't. It's like the person that received the penny. And the other ones received the penny, and then all of a sudden, the ones that came in the last, they received yeah. the penny, and everybody got a penny, and it's like, whoa, 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 hold on a second, man. We bore the, the heat and the burden in the heat of the day, and they're getting a, quinny, a penny, too, and they were mad at, the, at the, the one that was giving out the penny, which is God. Yeah. That's a picture of Israel angry with God because people are coming in to this grace, yeah. and they didn't have to work for it. Same thing that happens in religion. Well, they didn't pray as long as I did, and they didn't do this, and they didn't do that, and they think they're righteous. They're not righteous. They're not even right. You've ever you've heard this before. Yeah. They need to get right with God. Most people don't even know how to get right with God because they think they got to go do a good deed or stop doing something bad to get right with God. Yeah. God says Abraham was justified in uncircumcision, not circumcision, before he ever did anything to say I'm in right. I'm in, I'm the righteousness of God. He said, you were righteous in uncircumcision, not circumcision, if that makes any sense. I got three questions. Ah. Okay, so these are the questions that I know people are thinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Without holiness, it's impossible to please the Lord. Yeah. And so how does that fit to the idea? Because people look at holiness as obeying the law. No, and, and it's not. And some, You know what? Some legalistic people believe that holiness is a dress code. <laughs> so what we have to do is identify holiness. Holiness is righteousness. That's on the inside. Yeah. So without holiness, and look, the if you go back to hermeneutics, I'm going to just explain this real fast and go into time relevance and audience relevance. The, those um, they were trying to be holy yeah. under the law. Still uh, under the law. So the only way that you can be holy is through Jesus Christ because He's the Holy One. Yeah. And He and we receive His Holy Spirit when we believe. So yeah. we're, we're holy only by Him, not by any work. It's all about His work that it lives inside of us. What He did. He says, "Now here, here's the gift. You're holy, and you didn't have to do nothing to earn it." That's holiness, brother. Yeah. That's biblical holiness. What's the other the the other question? <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, we can we can get into Kadesh Barnea and all that <laughs> stuff later. You know, I really wanted to do that, but we don't have time. Um, the other question was tithing. Okay, mm. so you're going to hit. Oh you, Lord. <laughs> but in. in I have my opinion on it. I have my opinion on it. Mm-hmm. And I know my opinion probably lines up with your opinion because I've mm-hmm. heard your opinion before. Mm-hmm. However, yeah. Yeah. the 10% versus, let, let me let me ask this question. 
10% versus cheerful giver. Yeah. Because yeah. you hear that argument constantly. And you're talking about the law versus grace. That's exactly so right. So which is it? Under the law. Okay, everything under the old Mosaic law has been put to bed. Just like if you go into Deuteronomy. And it says if you if one uh, uh, dresses like a woman, vice versa, yeah. then it's an abomination. And a lot of people take that that a, that a woman has to wear a skirt or a dress. And then we can get into that big time and go in there and say, no, you're pulling that out. You know what I say? Dress modest. Boom, yeah. it's done. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, anyway, same thing with tithing. If you go into Malachi and you see where um, uh, they were rebuked, the priests, the priests were rebuked where he said you, you, you offered up uh, lame and sick sacrifices to me. Yeah. He said you've put polluted bread upon my altar. He said you've robbed me. And they said wherein have we robbed you? It said in tithes and in offerings. That they, there was a, a tax system back then and they took 10% and they gave it to the priests. Well the priests pocketed a lot of that stuff. They, were, they got pretty evil during that time. Okay, and, yeah. I, and I'll try to make it, make oh, yeah, it short. But we have adopted an old covenant mentality and started putting tithing on people. And you know what? I still give 10% or above because I think it's a good rule of thumb. Yeah. But, but in the New Testament, which is kingdom giving, kingdom giving, the Bible says, let, let him prosper, or, 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 or what is it? Uh, as he prospers, let him, uh, something in his heart, what is that? Uh, know what he's going to give in his heart and let him give. A lot of times people say, oh, you mean we don't have to tithe? They'll stop giving. Yeah. Oh, we don't have, to, it's not mandatory that we come to church? Because I said, tell people here, I said, I'm not going to make you come to church. Yeah. I said, I want you to be here on your own free will. I'm not going to make you give in the offering. And I've seen people say, well, well, I used to get beat over the head if I didn't come to church. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm like, well, we don't do that. No strings attached. You know what? Sometimes people do. Well, I'm not going. Yeah. Until they, in, it, well, here's what grace does. It reveals the heart. Yeah. Because it, it's like, if you, if you don't come, you really don't want to be here. Because people are going to be where they want to be. And it's the same thing with giving. It, well, I'm not going to give since we're not under tithing. Well, you never wanted to give in the first place. Because we still have things that we have to pay for. We have bills. We have a note. We have electric bill. We have all of these things. We have missions or whatever, whatever's in the package, you know, that we have to fund. And people will, will, they'll stop giving. But here's what God says: As you purpose in your heart, that's it right there. As you purpose in your heart, and you know what new covenant giving is. You know what I do? I, I mean, I, this is the way we do it. This is what we, it, when it comes around and I get paid. I look at what I get paid. I put the same amount in there every time, and I give big. You know what? It, it, is it a blessing to give? Sure it is. Are you going to be blessed? You know, but here's the way I look at it. We give because we are blessed not to give, to be blessed. Yes. Yes. I, that's how I see it. And I give, and you know what? God takes care of me already because he's my provision. Yeah. And a lot of times people will come in, and, and they'll say, well, what do I do? I'm like, you know what? Uh, I've seen people come here to church and, and never give. You know what? We love them anyway. Yeah. I don't beat them over the head. I do not do that. Got people that come in here and they might put a, a $10 bill every once in a while. Got some people here that, man, they, they throw it in there and it's good and it's big every time. I don't, I'll leave that alone. I'll leave that up to God. Yeah. I don't go in there and say, you should give more. I never do that. I talk about money every once in a while and I do that like this. 
this is what we're going to do. This is what we're doing in the future. Here's our need. Those that are giving, God bless you. Thank you for giving. And I'll leave it like that. Yeah. You and don't I, preach a whole sermon no, once a month. About no, how sir. <laughs> no, sir. There was this preacher back at home that it was literally the my dad always joked about it. It was like the third Sunday of every month was Sunday morning of every month was a tithe uh, sermon. Like it was like it's the third Sunday we're going to hear about tithing or, or whatever it was. And but I used to I used to teach the and preach this. You know, there's this part in in uh, uh, verse ten in Malachi three ten that talks mm-hmm. about tithing mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, and it says, uh, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, which I think is important because if you're going to give and you're going to give to where you go, because that's going to help with, I get, I get the principle with that. Mm-hmm. If you're going to, I, I, I don't have a problem with you giving money to emissions and stuff like that. And you know, if that's, if you give your, whatever you and the Lord decide of your paycheck, if you give that to something that never comes back to your church whatever mm-hmm. because you're giving into the kingdom mm-hmm. I don't really I That's don't really mind. but I understand the storehouse thing but I used to teach this right here verse 11 says then I will re- rebuke the devourers of the field mm-hmm. for you mm-hmm. and man I got how I, I look back and realize that man I, I wish I could go back and find every person that I ever heard me say that and mm-hmm. apologize for saying that you know because mm-hmm. I was just like one time my that truck out there it broke the fan uh-huh. belt broke yeah and there was a it was a belt not a chain or it's not fan it was a timing belt mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the minute that it broke the minute the first thing that popped in my head is i hadn't paid my tithes in two mm-hmm. weeks yeah, yeah. and god allowed it to break because yeah. i hadn't paid my tithes yeah and and i disagree that, with that yes i do now yeah but yeah. at the time i immediately first yeah. thing that popped in my head was yeah. I, I had gone two weeks without paying my tithes and right. i and right. i let that be right. condemnation there on me is. and then, and then i wound up spending it's a long story i wound up spending way more on it than fixing it than i should have mm-hmm. because i just had confidence and all that stuff but mm-hmm. so the uh i see the first question second question third question was we, you got something? I want to say something Go about ahead. rebuking the devourer. Yeah. The devourer's already been rebuked. It's, the yeah. curse has already been lifted. That's right. Everything, the, the enemy has already been defeated. We yes. have to understand. Now, people say, well, what about the evil in this world? There's some things that's going on that he may be working in their life. Yes. But he's not working in our life because we understand that he's been defeated. God says, step out of the ring. That's the whole dominion. Yes, sir. We rule and we reign. Davidic, Davidic covenant. We rule and reign. Abraham covenant. You're going to bless the nations through the seed, not seeds as of many, but the seed as of one. That's Jesus Christ. He lives inside of you. It's trying to. It's time to expand the kingdom and bless the nations. He's doing that through the church right now. The ruling and reigning. Man, we rule and reign right now. I'm not fighting the devil. I do not fight the devil. I just don't do that before because the Bible says he's already been defeated. I don't rebuke. I don't get in there and start doing all this, getting war like I used to do in prayer. I'm a prayer warrior. I got to get in there and beat up on my death. No, man, he's already been defeated. He was defeated at the cross. So I don't do, I don't mess with that. You know what I do? I enjoy the inheritance. Yeah. I'm in the abundant life. God says rest. I've already fought the fight. I've already finished the war. It's already been done. Here, take the gift. Yeah. There it is. Third question. Third question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking in my mind, like, have I already asked two? Like, okay. So, uh, third question is, you're going to have a lot of people. Uh, Kenneth Copeland's one of them. Um, and just you know. Anyway, he said, and I I get what he's saying, and I've had a lot of people say this lately to me, mm-hmm. that the Old Testament law mm-hmm. 
if you live the diet, the diet law, the the, the food part. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you ate exactly like that law suggests, mm-hmm. then you would be healthier than what we eat today. Probably so. Okay. So, so, is it okay to eat bacon? Sure. Sure, there's nothing wrong with a bacon sandwich. All right, you look at this. <laughs> bacon, <a> ba- <laughs> you're not going to put anything with it, just straight bacon? <laughs> no, BLTs, brother. Listen to this. You remember when Peter, Paul had to rebuke Peter to yeah. his face? Yeah. He was eating with a group of Jews. And he was dismissing the, the non-Jews. Or well, the, well, well, what the, happened, the he was in there enjoying it. All of a sudden, here comes... James, I think it was James and a few more uh, um, people that came from with James, and he saw them, and it, it shook him up. I, I, he might have been having a pork roast. I don't know what he was eating. It shook him up so bad that he got away from them, and it threw Barnabas off with his hypocrisy. The Bible says his dissimulation, which means hypocrisy. Yeah. So Paul said, I had to rebuke him to the face. And he said, uh, uh, don't you know? And, and, and I, I can't quote the scripture right now that uh, a man is not justified by the works of the law, but, um, but, but I, I don't know, the, the hearing of faith, it goes on to, and he had to rebuke Peter. That's, Paul was younger than Dude. Peter. And Peter Paul was, the, was the one that killed how many people? Yeah. And yeah. so imagine the, 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 the yeah about him to be able to affirm as he said as a kid. And Peter and was there with Jesus. That. People yeah. walked through his shadow. Peter, Peter was water with him. the speaker. And he had to get in there and say, no, 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 you're not doing yeah. this right. It's in, it's in Galatians, the second chapter. Yeah, he, when he talks go, about it. Right, but when he talks actually, about I think it. he talks about it in, in Acts. Acts, it? In yeah. Acts. And it happened but, in Acts, but he talked about it in Galatians. So what you'll hear a lot of times is, is and of course this is, uh, you know, the you were talking about hermeneutics earlier. Oh, yeah. The the X ten talks about the what does don't look at he says take this and eat it and he goes, I can't eat it, it's unclean. Take this yeah. and eat it. Don't I oh, can't yeah. eat it. Right. And 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 so we use that oh, as on. a which is true, which is true. Mm-hmm. We use that as a justification for eating the things crawfish, mm-hmm. catfish, which you're not allowed to have by the law. Right. Crawfish, right. catfish, shark, yeah. can't have uh, shrimp yeah. you can't have, can't have bacon right. so we use Acts 10 as a justification for eating that mm-hmm. when really it's about uh, racism but um, well, what it was is about the Gentiles yeah which is race sure, sure yeah, non-Jew sure. so and he said what I've cleansed call thou not common don't call that yeah and then watch this don't gonna, you dare call it yeah and here, I made that <laughs> I, I'm, I preached a message on that here not too long ago and and I've said this what God has cleansed how did God cleanse us through the blood of Jesus yeah. Christ? And you've got superior, quote, unquote, superior Christians that are elevated that look down on people that are making mistakes, looking down on people that they, they're not right with God. And you know what God's still calling? He said, don't call common what I've cleansed. These people are cleansed just as much as you are. Watch this. They are righteous just as much as we are, though they may be in error, make a mistake. That's why the gospel gets them in, lets them know who they are, lets them know they're clean, lets them know they're righteous with God. And after a while, you start watching their growth, their spiritual growth will take off because they're not being put down. I tell our church, I said, you know what? I said, there's not nobody, nobody in here is more righteous than somebody else. Yeah, We're all on the same level. When you put people on the same level, watch division go away. Watch schisms go away. Watch people that think that they're holier than thou. Shuts that stuff down. 
Yeah. And people are all on the same level and people get along. Yeah. Good stuff. That's not what we're doing. A lot of people don't. They we're put, not. They elevate. They have uh, this one's holy, that one's not. And they do that through what they think holiness and righteousness comes from. But they don't understand the righteousness of God. Hebrews 10, 1. He, Paul said this. He said, it's my heart and prayer that Israel be saved. He said, they go about seeking their own righteousness, but they have not submitted to the righteousness of God. And what they've done, our righteousness is as filthy rags. Yeah. But we don't understand God's righteousness because when somebody places faith in what Jesus did on the cross, they're immediately righteous. Yeah. And that we, we need to support that. We need to encourage that. We need to let people know that. We don't need to beat them up over the head. We never did to get to Romans 4. We can do that another time. Yeah, we'll, there I'm some sure powerful, we'll get on here again. <laughs> there's some powerful stuff in that in that chapter. Romans 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Oh, man. I'm telling you. Well, so yeah. I mean, we don't have a lot of time. Okay. But you, okay. you, you said that what brought you out of the um, that old mentality yeah. was those three chapters in Romans. Yeah, under, under, understanding justification. Which, four, five, and six, or what was it you said? It was probably uh, chapter three, four, five, and six, um, and seven. Uh, I, I lived Romans 7 syndrome all my life, pretty much, uh, beat up with condemnation yeah. because I was under a religion, a administration of condemnation. I was underneath that uh, guilt and shame. I mean, I cried at the altar all the time because I didn't, wasn't good enough until I started saying, hey, man, I'm justified. I'm made right by his blood, not by my works. And then I'd get in church feeling pretty good, get beat over the head. I'm like, man, I don't even have the spirit. I'm not even saved. I mean, a lot of people go through that. And I think what's happening nowadays, there's a lot of preachers that are coming to the understanding of grace, but they're scared of it. Yeah. They're scared of it because they're like, oh, no, no. We, I had a preacher tell me, if we do what you're saying, we'll have com complete chaos. And I'm, like, I'm not saying that you have to change it overnight, but what I am telling you is we need to tell people that they're righteous by the blood of Jesus and not by their works. And when people sin, we don't beat them over the head. We point them to Jesus, and we don't point them to condemnation. You know who Kenneth Hagin is? Mm -hmm. He said in his book, Seven Things You Need to Know About Divine Healing. Mm -hmm. Great book. Everybody should read it. Um, he's Word of Faith, but it's still mm -hmm. a good book. Mm -hmm. He said that until you preach it, they won't understand it. You know, faith comes by yeah. hearing, hearing, by hearing the Word of God. Mm -hmm. So he, at this church he was at, it was a little Baptist church, mm -hmm. they were preaching, he was preaching a full gospel message, but then he's like preaching, then slowly he started preaching about the the gifts of the spirit mm -hmm. and then how do you about the baptism of the spirit mm -hmm. and he said before you know it I got a church full of Holy Ghost filled people right. and a little Baptist church full of Holy Ghost filled people because right. they had to believe it he goes and then I was able to start a healing ministry in a little old Baptist church mm -hmm. because people believed in the healing people believed in what Amen. God and we can get into that some other time mm -hmm. I actually got a guy lined up for that mm -hmm. um, can we talk about the building and how your your how you came back to this building oh real God. quick? Yeah, yeah, real real short, real short. Um, I came here in 1989 uh, when it was Three Pine Pentecostal Church. Yeah, and I was Pentecostal. I moved from uh, Maryville. I was going to a little apostolic church over there. Came over here and visited, liked it. Uh, got in and said, "Well, I'll just move to the Ritter." So I moved right down the road on Dogwood Trail. Started in 1989. Uh, stayed here for. I don't know a couple of years. I don't remember remember when this uh, building was built. Building was built, um, but it was built um, 91, 92, somewhere in there. 
And you were going here when this a, particular yeah, building? Yeah, because I started in the old, old uh, wooden church building. Back, yeah. You know, we, we rocked the rafters over there. <laughs> powerful little church. And we got here, and um, we, um, as I grew, um, got familiar with the church, uh, come here. I, I became the youth leader. I was the youth leader probably seven years. Loved it. it taught the youth how to pray, worship. I mean, we were just, we were Pentecostal big time. And... Um, and then, and then we uh, uh, um, later on, I, I felt the calling to preach. The, my pastor was like, "Hey, I need you to preach. I need you to preach." I'm like, "No, no, no, I don't want to preach." I was scared to death of preaching. Yeah. Scared to death to talk in front of a crowd. Terrified. You terrified. <laughs> yeah, and and look, I want to tell you one day the testimony on that when God shook me to the core when I was reading the word about Moses being scared. Yeah. God showed me some stuff on that, and I'm like, "Wow." Anyway, so I just started. I said, "I'll tell you what I will do." I said, "I said I went to my pastor one day. I said, hey, I want to uh, do something.'" He said, "Good. Uh, lead the service tomorrow night. It was Saturday. Uh, uh, we had Saturday night services, and my heart just dropped to my feet. So I got in there and prayed. Got ready. Started. The anointing was on me. It started flowing. So I knew, hey, this is my. This is where I need to be. So I was exhorting. Then all of a sudden, I started preaching, and it seemed like it worked. I mean, it was. Uh, powerful i started preaching i preached here here at this place for years okay now here's where the thing started to shift i had a guy prophesy to me that was a visitor here he was a visitor visiting preacher he said i want to prophesy i can't remember it all but he said you're about to go through a huge shaking god's turned some things around in your life he said you're going to think that god's deserted you but he hasn't he says fear not he said god's going to change you he's going to change the way you see things he's i mean it just went through it and I, I said, okay, okay. I didn't. I, I just heard it. I believed it. Man, you know what the shaking was? When I realized that my works, remember what I was telling yeah. you earlier, was not enough to be righteous in the eyes of God. And then I started seeing justification. I started preaching that here at this church. Yeah. Uh, and, um, Which it was a, more of a law-based Law, legal, legalist, least legal. and, and I, not law, but legal. No, yeah, no, yeah. it's still law, legalism. It's still the same thing, but religion, religion, and they might disagree with that, you know. Yeah. But I see it as a very legalistic church, and I was under a lot of legalism, self righteousness. So anyway, sort of preaching this here, justification by faith, buddy. To to say this as nice as I can, it didn't go over too well. You don't preach justification by faith in a very legalistic church because you take away their works, which is Cain's sacrifice. Cain brought his sacrifice, and it was he was a tiller of the ground. He was a worker. He stood for the law. Remember, Abel stood for the grace. Come in with a uh, um, lamb, took a jagged edge, spilt hot blood on the altar. God said, this is what I want. I'm not taking this Cain. Cain got mad. Same thing that took place then is happening now. People don't want you to take away their works because that's how they are they are righteous. So I'm preaching justification it's by faith. washing someone's car for something they've done. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they're they're thinking, well, because I pray, because I dress a certain yeah. way, because I do this and that, then I'm righteous, and you're not because you don't do this. So I'm preaching that you're not. I said we owe people in this town an apology because we are very aggressive towards people here in this church. And uh, started preaching about the fruit of the spirit, the love of God, the, the that we're righteous by faith and not by words. And 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 I, he, he, my pastor was like, preach, preach. And I just started preaching, preaching, preaching. 
So he's like, okay. So anyway, it came to a, we used to have great conversations. Anyway, it came to a place to where they put the brakes on. But here's what, here's what grace will do. It will identify law. Grace identifies legalism. Grace puts the spotlight on works. Okay? Yeah. Well, long story short, I had to go. And I left, and I went to another town, started preaching there. And, um, but 15, I was here 15 years. So 15 years later, this church comes up for sale. Pastor called me up, said, hey, I got a vacant building. We we're about to build out yeah. here on the highway. Had the stakes in the ground. And when I would drive by there, I'm like, I just don't feel it. I don't know why. I just don't feel it that we're going to build out here on this road. I don't know why. Anyway, it's all about this. Got a phone call. We negotiated a price three or four months. And um, here we are 15 years later. So 30 years. I was here for 15 years. I was gone for 15 years. Now I'm back. In the same building you started. In the same building that I preached my first message. Yeah. We're here. As the pastor. As the pastor preaching (laughs) preaching a uh, unopposed (laughs) radical grace message that people are loving and living life now. They're living in liberty. They're living in freedom. We're like no strings attached. If you want to come here, you come here. If you And look, it's hard to lose people, but we say we love you coming in and we love you going out. And people come and go as they please. And when you lift the restraint, people say, man, I want to be there. I love what he's preaching. I'm getting a hold of this. And what it does, it stretches our theology. And what we do, going back to hermeneutics, you got five little principles of hermeneutics. You got time relevance, audience relevance, context, history, Scripture interprets Scripture. Scripture interprets Scripture. And when you use these five principles to understand what's locked in the Bible, mysteries being revealed. Because a lot of times when he says you, he's not talking to us. He's talking to them in the first generation, first century. So we have to rightly divide the word of truth. How do you do that? Put old covenant where old covenant needs to be. Put new covenant where new covenant needs to be, brother. And when we do that, people come alive. They're like, that Scripture doesn't apply to me. I just preached this last Sunday where many shall say, Lord, Lord, haven't we prophesied in thy name and in thy name cast out devils and this and that? That was not even talking to us. Matthew was written to the Jews. And what what people, they use that all the time and put condemnation on people. And I'm like, that has nothing to do with us. It was people under an old covenant trying to mimic Paul. Remember the seven sons of Sceva? Sceva was a Jewish priest. And he had seven sons that saw Paul casting out devil in the name of Jesus. So they went and tried it under the law. Under the name of Jesus, Uh, whose Paul serves, and then they got whooped. (laughs) Yeah, I know Paul, I know Jesus, but who are you? Boom, whipped their clothes off. And it was a picture of you can't do that until you come into the real truth, which is the righteousness of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we're using these scriptures, Lord, Lord. We're using scriptures like this, uh, and I'm going to hurry. The good tree, the bad tree. That's not us. That was unbelieving Israel and believing Israel. There There was a split right down the middle where people believed, and they said, yes, we believe you're our Messiah and Savior. And then some said, no, we don't believe. Give us Barabbas crucify him and those come under strict persecution and judgment and we'll talk about that yeah. another time so uh the name of the church is living hope fellowship correct or just living christian hope? fellowship living hope if you go on the, uh, facebook you can find it living hope christian fellowship um and you can see basically with all the covid all the sermons have been are still there so you can if you, you want to go back it. and catch some of this 
Uh, I highly recommend it. Um, also, if you live in the Dritter area and you're looking for a church, I can't not recommend it. <laughs> we have a good time. Yeah. We love So, Pastor Kevin, thank you for, for coming and, or for letting me come and do this finally. Yeah, <laughs> so, great. can you pray for us and yeah. pray, for, pray yeah. us out of this? Yeah, Lord, we love you so much and we thank you, Lord. We always come to you, Lord, and, and thank you for your goodness and for your mercy, for your grace, Lord God. It's so good. Your goodness, God, is just amazing. Lord, you, you said it's an abundant life, and that's what we live, Lord God. And we want people to understand that grace is not greasy. God, it's amazing. And we thank you for that. We thank you for the work that you accomplished on the cross. It's finished, hallelujah. And you handed it over to us. You rolled out the red carpet, Lord God, that we can walk in this abundant life, and we can be an heir to this inheritance. And, Lord, we're just praying right now. People that listen to this today, Lord, they may have questions, Lord. We all have questions. I just pray, Lord God, that you give people a hunger and a thirst, Lord God to understand, Lord God, the mysteries of this new covenant gospel. And we just pray, Lord God, that it opens up their mind, Lord, this prayer. Lord God, that they can see and understand, Lord, that grace, Lord, is not a threat, Lord God, it's a blessing. And we just pray over the people that are listening to this, and we thank you in Jesus' name, and we give you the glory. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Awesome. Hallelujah. <laughs> thank you for listening.